This is a weekly news update from FCA, Foxborough Cable Access, on Comcast Channel 8 and Verizon Channel 39. I'm Dave Udine. A West Roxbury man is facing charges of possessing explosives and an incendiary device after being stopped by Foxborough police last Saturday on Route 1. 49-year-old David A. Martin of Grove Street in West Roxbury was arrested around 2 p.m. when a police officer found what appeared to be a homemade object wrapped in white medical tape in the vehicle. After examination, state police determined the object met the criteria for an incendiary device. Martin was charged with possession of explosives, possession of a hoax device, operating a vehicle containing ammunition without a firearms identification card, possession of an explosive device, and motor vehicle violations. Martin was arraigned in Rentham District Court. National Grid Representative Anna Malley was present at last week's Board of Selectmen's meeting to discuss the work they have done to improve the Union Loop, the primary lines that run through Plainville, Foxborough, Mansfield, and Rentham. Malley also answered some tough questions on recent storm-related power outages in Foxborough. Malley said since 2010, National Grid has invested $20 million in upgrading the area's power infrastructure, which included replacing poles and trimming trees along Route 106 in Foxborough, replacing primary power lines, and adding a new substation on Route 1. Going forward, Foxborough Fire Chief Roger Hatfield suggested that trees be trimmed from the ground to the sky within 10 feet of power lines, reducing the likelihood of power failures from falling branches. Uh, one of the things we've been talking about since 2010, and we've never really gone anywhere with it, is when everybody looks at Mansfield and they say, Mansfield goes without any power, what, how is this happening? Mansfield has a policy because they own the right-of-ways and they own the power lines that they go from ground to sky away from their wires 10 feet out. So um, that's why they don't have the risk of having branches hitting their primaries. That's still something we as a town need to make a decision on. Do we want to follow that type of model? If so, we put it in writing, we give it to National Grid, and that will limit some of those situations where the, the branches will actually touch the primaries. Foxborough Town Manager Bill Keegan also noted the severity of the recent storms. The one thing I think we've all collectively seen, the Chief's been doing this a long time and as have I, and I, I can tell you that the, the storms in the recent years have, have been much more severe than the ones I've, I'm used to seeing, and, um, and they've caused a lot more damage, um, which means that that ground-to-sky clearing policy may be more timely to discuss now than, than, than ever because um, it's getting, we're getting to the point where it's becoming much more difficult to maintain those lines uh, without some sort of tree policy that's clear. Board of Selectmen Chairman David Feldman said, the board will look into the tree trimming policy. A former Foxborough High School principal 
has been arrested for allegedly not telling authorities about a student fight club at a Connecticut high school. According to Connecticut State Police, Montville High School principal Jeffrey Theodos was arrested along with the school superintendent Brian Levesque and assistant principal Tatiana Patton on charges they failed to report abuse. Theodos became principal of Foxborough High School in 2005 and left in 2012, being replaced by current high school principal Diana Myers Patchlow. Foxborough School Committee member Beverly Lord said she was shocked by the allegation as Theodos had an excellent reputation in Foxborough. Connecticut State Police said that several organized fights took place inside a math classroom at the high school during school hours. The three administrators have been placed on leave pending the outcome of a police investigation and an internal school probe. The Plain Ridge Park Casino in Plainville has had its best march yet, collecting $15.8 million in slot machine revenue. The figure compares to $14.1 million last year and $13.5 million in the same month in 2016. Plain Ridge opened in June of 2015. A monthly report released by the Massachusetts Gaming Commission indicated that revenue has been on the upswing at the Route 1 facility. Penn National Gaming, the owner of Plain Ridge, did not comment on the report, but said that business usually picks up in the spring after the New England Patriots season ends. The state taxes from Plain Ridge go toward aid to cities and towns. Revenue from future casinos will be split among local aid, transportation, education, and other services. The three candidates running for selectmen appeared on the Foxborough JC's Candidates Night, which was broadcast live on FCA Channel 8 last Thursday. That story is next. There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. (laughs) Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man versus Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Last Thursday night, Foxborough Cable Access broadcast the Foxborough JCs Candidates Night live from their downtown studios. School committee candidates Christina Belanger and Nancy J. Morrison described their qualifications and answered questions from local media. 
candidate Richard Pearson was unable to attend. However, FCA aired a pre-recorded message from Pearson to the voters. The three candidates running for the Foxborough Board of Selectmen included incumbent Ginny Coppola. My name is Virginia Ginny Coppola, and I'm running for a re-election for the position of Selectman. You might ask why am I running for a third term? I'm running because I believe that there is a lot more that I can contribute to the Board of Selectmen and to the town of Foxborough. Also, people ask me to run again. They ask me to run because they like what I've done on the board in the past, the board is working well together, and they value my experience, work ethic, and dedication to the town. In 2012 and 2015, I took an oath to serve and protect the town of Foxborough with integrity, transparency, persistence, and hard work. I believe that I have fulfilled the promises, and I ask for your vote on May 7th to continue as your advocate on the Board of Selectmen. Thank you. Next, incumbent Selectman Chris Mitchell. So my name is Chris Mitchell, and I'm running for re-election on the Board of Selectmen. Community service and volunteering has always been a huge part of my life, and I'm very, very fortunate to find a career where I'm able to utilize my passion for community service and helping others. I feel it is the job of the Board of Selectmen to set policy and strategic direction in the best interest of the community. I will continue to bring a good balance of leadership, teamwork, and community pride to the Board of Selectmen, and I'm looking forward to the next three years on the board. Please come out on, to vote on Monday, May 7th, to re-elect me, Chris Mitchell, to the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. And last, a new candidate for Selectmen, Leah Gibson. My name is Leah Gibson, and I'm excited to be running for the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. I'm a longtime Foxborough resident who's passionate about the community and volunteerism. I'm a graduate of Bentley University and have been employed with Mercer, which is formerly Putnam Investments, for the past 16 years. I love this town. I'm passionate about the future success of the downtown revitalization project, smart development, and responsible spending. I'm out in this community every single day. I'm completely approachable and can be trusted to have a non-biased, level-headed approach to making decisions that impact the future of our town. I'm grateful and thankful to each and every person who has reached out, donated to my campaign, held a sign on the common, has a sign in their yard, or simply has offered words of encouragement. The amount of support I felt has been truly amazing. You can literally feel the energy and excitement of so many people in town about the potential of a fresh face on the Board of Selectmen. I believe in the success of Foxborough and would like the opportunity to be involved in future decision making. I ask for you to vote for me on Monday, May 7th. The residents of Foxborough will now make the final decision when they go to the polls at the Ahern School on May 7th. And finally, the killing of a Massachusetts police officer has some Republicans calling for the reinstatement of the death penalty for the murder of law enforcement officers. The death of Sean Gannon, a Yarmouth K-9 police officer who was fatally shot in the head while serving an arrest warrant last Thursday, has again raised the issue. Gannon's funeral was held last Wednesday, where thousands of police officers from around the country attended. An aide to Republican Governor Charlie Baker said he also supports the death penalty for the offense of killing a police officer. However, there seems to be little appetite in the state legislature, controlled overwhelmingly by Democrats to debate the death penalty again. In recent decades, there have been several failed efforts 
to reinstitute capital punishment in the state. The last execution in Massachusetts was in 1947, when gangsters Philip Bellino and Edward Gertson died in the electric chair for the murder of Robert Williams, a former United States Marine. In 1984, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruled that a death penalty law approved by the voters would be unconstitutional. This has been a weekly news update originating from the studios of Foxborough Cable Access on Comcast Channel 8 and Verizon Channel 39. Content taken from various sources, including the Foxborough Reporter and the Sun Chronicle. This is Dave Udine.